You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. It's a big world out there, and you're just looking for a pat on the back or head. You're running around the city, searching for a place to bark, working your tail off with your nose to the ground, sniffing for a few scraps, hoping someone will throw you a bone. You take each lead, collar after collar, hoping one day to take a bite out of success and become the top dog. Fortunately, you come home each day to open arms, open cans, a drink waiting for you, and a comfortable place in front of a TV set. You know you've got it good, really good, because after all, it's a doggy dog world out there. Pet Life Radio presents It's a Doggy Dog World with your host, pet expert and award-winning author, Liz Palaika, and this week's co-hosts, Kate Abbott and Petra Burke. Hi, welcome to It's a Doggy Dog World. I'm your host, Liz Palaika, and with me today are my good friends, Petra Burke Hello. and Kate Abbott. How do? And we've got kind of a philosophical training behavior observing dogs kind of podcast for you today. It all has to do with learning, and I think you'll find it interesting, but it's, it's about science. So stick with us. We'll be right back. Sit. Stay. It's a doggy dog world. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Swipe It's a revolutionary new product that literally swipes away cat hair from virtually any surface. You know, most of us struggle with a roller or vacuum cleaner to clean up cat hair, but anyone who has tried either of these knows they just don't work very well. But Swipe It's patent pending glove has a magnetic-like quality that removes cat hair from almost everything. And best of all, Swipe It's is machine washable, so you can use it over and over again. To order, just visit SwipeIt's.com. That's S-W-I-P-E-T Yes, a simple solution for shedding. Hi, I'm Dr. Robin Gansert, President and CEO of American Humane Association, the country's first national humane organization, here to tell you about our new show, Be Humane, on Pet Life Radio. Each week, we'll be bringing you the latest news and issues affecting our animal friends, and we'll also be bringing you interviews with Hollywood's biggest animal advocates, here to share tales about their pets and what they're doing to promote a more humane world. Our own highly experienced staff and friends the organization will also join us each week to share what they're up to in the animal world. I hope you'll stop by. Until then, let's always remember to be humane. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. We know you're begging for more. So back to It's a Doggy Dog World with your fetching hosts, Liz Palaika, and this week's co-hosts, Kate Abbott and Petra Burke. Welcome back to It's a Doggy Dog World. In our dog training classes at Kindred Spirits, one of Kate's favorite sayings is that dogs are scientists. So what do you mean by that? Well, as I... First, I have to give them weird analogy warning sure, to the class, course. you know. And any of our listeners who have listened to us know that, that you're famous for the weird analogies. <laughs> but that keeps life interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so one, I will tell people, think about it. Your puppy dog cannot ask you what is right and what is wrong. They can't Google the answers. 
They can't look up the definitions of words in the dictionary. But sure could if we gave them some. Well, well the, yeah, there's some exceptions. Always yes. a rule. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So if a puppy dog is experiencing the world, then they do it like a scientist does. They do experiments, they do trials, and they see what works and what doesn't. And if they get mixed messages back, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, well, it's awfully hard to get a working theory in place. So our job is to help our scientists get the kind of evidence for their experiments that we want them to have. So what's a good example? Well, actually, one of our uh, apprentice trainers was giving me an example. She has a dog who's under a year old, and she wanted to work on that dog with dashing the door. And she also needed to groom her older dog. So what she did was go to the front door and prop it open, told both dogs to wait, and they did. And then she told the older dog, gave him permission to step out, and told the younger dog to wait. She sat down on the doorstep and proceeded to groom her older boy, keeping an eye out on the younger one. And she described such wonderful scientific experimentation. I saw that also. River is the the young dog, and she looked at her mom puzzled. Well, she's out there, and I want to be with her. So she stuck her left paw over the threshold, and uh, Melissa responded, "Uh Uh-uh, get back. Huh. Okay, so I can't step out with my left hand, with my left paw. So then she tried her right paw. And Whoa. Melissa went, uh-uh. There's a that. song to that. Look at that. Look at that. <laughs> then she crept if up she on her. If she turned around, <laughs> I would just die. Actually, she did. She did at the end. <laughs> love it. Love it. But sir. there were a few other steps in between. She put her nose out. She turned her head over. She put she her re- chin on her mama's. She reached out. Yeah, put her yeah, chin. On her mom's shoulder. And then what a wonderful scientist. When she was allowed to put her chin on her mom's shoulder without using her feet to cross, uh-huh. she then laid down and put her chin on the threshold. Uh-huh. And Melissa told her, no, you can't do that. Back up. And then she rolled over so that an ear was on the threshold. I thought that was quite inventive. Isn't that amazing? An ear on the threshold. <laughs> And then finally she did turn around and turn her butt to her <laughs> and, and, and grumbled. And she sat her butt on the threshold. Yes. And then yeah. Melissa made her move again. Yeah. <laughs> and so she went back in and said, well, fine. And grumbled. And grumbled blah, about blah, it. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. She's a teenager. <laughs> yeah. It. Okay. So what a great scientist. Yes. And Melissa's job was just to say, nope, that's not allowed. This is, that's not, this is, that's not. And the problem with... Many dogs being a scientist, I think, is that so many dog owners' responses, or say with with River, the response would have been, she's being bad. Right. She just doesn't get it. She's always pushing the buttons on me. She's she's Mm. testing my authority as pack leader. Right. None of which is, you know, little tiny bits of that might be true. River might have been pushing her mom a little bit because she was jealous because the older dog was getting groomed. A tiny bit. She is coming into adolescence. She might have been trying to push Melissa's buttons just a little bit. But even with all that taken into account, she was just trying to see where the boundaries were. What do you mean? Like when she put one toe out. Uh huh. And all Melissa had to say was, "Uh uh-uh. Oh, okay, that experiment didn't work. Uh-huh. And then try. She's a very smart, mm-hmm. very active dog, so she was going to try mm-hmm. a million and one different combinations. Right. 
And when she exhausted all the combinations she could think of, she went, fine. Mm -hmm. I'm not terribly happy about it, but okay, now I understand the rules. Uh And then the next she'll try again the next Mm -hmm. time. But each time the results of her experiments are the same, she will write that down as a law. Yeah. A working hypothesis. It's gone from a working hypothesis to a, to a law. Okay. When you tell me to wait at the door, that means all parts of me must be inside the threshold. Exactly. Including and, ears, including tails. And she'll, she'll know it. Yep. Yeah. I mean, she was asking for information. Right. In her trials. Now, I do think that puppies and adolescents are more prone to being the, shall we say, active scientists because they have more to learn. Right. But even an adult dog who's continually learning new things and who's being challenged is going to continue to ask questions. Oh, absolutely. Some of them more so than others. Cisco, my middle boy, is less apt. He wants so hard to be a good boy most of the time. He has his challenging moments, but most of the time he so wants to be a good boy that once he knows a rule, okay, it's always this. Right. But now Bashir, who's going to be 10, he still wants to know all the angles. Yeah, yeah. He knows lots and lots of rules, and once he knows one, he, other than barking, he tries very hard not to to break any of those rules but he still questions he still asks and bones of course the puppy is full of questions full of experiments and i think part of it with the puppy classes Mm -hmm. is knowing when a puppy is actually doing a scientific test Mm -hmm. and when they've just lost their mind and they're just bouncing off the walls yes so getting to know your puppies body language and look in his eyes, mm-hmm. is he really thinking at the moment? Mm-hmm. If he's just bouncing off the walls, well, there's no reason to give him any more information than knock it off. Sure. Or to work with him to regain his attention. Yes. The, the watch me with the treats. You know, can scaling, teach. Can scaling it down mm. to baby puppy. Take a treat that he really, really likes. Bring it up to your chin as you say, puppy, watch me. And then only do it for three seconds in the beginning and reward him, give him the treat and the praise, and and gradually work it up. Puppies aren't born knowing how to pay attention to us. And the world's a pretty exciting place. And oftentimes puppies need more help. I mean, with River, she's of the age, even though she's a teenager, that Melissa could give her verbal information. Mm Mm-hmm. A lot of times puppies need a little more help, like Mm -hmm. a leash. Mm -hmm. And a really, really, really good treat. So when I asked one of my students in puppy, I asked all of the puppy class, was anybody having problems at home that they wanted to ask about? And one woman said, well, it used to have a problem. I'd get up in the morning and I'd let my puppy out of the crate and we'd go down the hallway to go outside so she'd go potty. And all the way down, she'd be jumping and tearing and leaping and nipping at my rope. I said, oh, well, that's not fun. So what are you doing to teach her not to? She says, I don't put on my robe anymore. And she was proud that she'd achieved a solution. For temporarily management until the puppy decided to go for her sweatpants or her pajama Pajama, bottoms. Yeah, or her nightgown or whatever. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So it reminds me of the, the person who said they were having a hard time controlling their dog barking at the front door, so they just disconnected the doorbell. 
you know, that's not going to teach your puppy how to deal with something. There are times when management is a good idea. And taking off your robe and putting it away for a day or two until you figure out how to handle it is okay. I mean, she put her robe away until she came back to class. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Then she got the information from you on, on what to do. So managing the situation in between rather than letting the puppy continue to try and trash her robe exactly. was fine. But now that she knows how to handle it, I hope she got her robe back out. And, and that's what we talked about. Right. So what are your tools? Well, how one of the tools is a leash. Mm-hmm. What's another tool? Treats and happy voice. I know you've just woken up and you're barely awake, but keep some a jar of treats next to your bed. On top of his crate. And grab some of those treats before you let puppy out. Put puppy on leash as soon as mm-hmm. he's out of the crate. And show him a different way to walk down the hallway in the morning. Mm-hmm. That doesn't include leaping and jumping and biting and nipping. And now, Petra and I both have herding dogs. <laughs> and uh, with herding yeah. dog puppies, the tendency uh. is to go for your heels. And so, a leash always went on the puppy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was leash spray bottle <laughs> down the hallway together yeah and you could say that the puppy leaping and jumping was just out of mind not thinking sure sure but it was still it wasn't consciously doing an experiment but he was still learning from the results of what he was doing right and so at least and just redirect him into thinking mm-hmm. as walking down the hallway instead of allowing him to be a wild out of control puppy mm-hmm. well and i think that puppy class also, after you think you were just finished speaking to the lady about the robe when I had the incident with the puppy in my jacket. Ah, yes. That same puppy. So, yeah. So it was very similar. I mean, I t- had a jacket. It's getting warm. I happened to have this particular puppy on leash with me. She was sitting. Would I have thought she would jump? No. I took my jacket off and she jumped for my jacket. I'm like, great. So she got a lesson right yeah, there. Right then and there. And before oh. it, put it on, took it off. She got the she got the little uh-uh and the leash. Until I was able to put it on, take it off. She sat there and just looked. And that was a good learning opportunity for the whole class because they got to see how that was handled. Yeah. And that is one of my and favorite phrases. A learning opportunity. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It was nice to show mom she can do it. Yes. She can do it. She did it. And the puppy can do it. The, the puppy yes, can, can it. sit yes. still long enough. Oh, and she was paying it. attention, too. She was watching you. She was in a sit. Her ears were back in thinking mode. Smart little booger. She's a smart girl. And then mom saw that puppy dog could do it too. Right. Yeah. And how to achieve it. Yeah. So that's another, that's my corollary to the dogs or scientists is if you've got a problem with your puppy dog, set up a learning opportunity. Mm -hmm. Set up the experiment where you control all the results of that experiment. And that brings up one of our classes on Saturday. We had the distractions out for them to use to work on their training skills. Several of the puppies were worried about the wobble board. The wobble board is just a board that's on the ground that has something in the center of it so it moves under the puppy's feet. Kind of like a, a wooden manhole cover type of thing. And we had several puppies, young dogs, who would put a foot on it, feel it wobble, and they'd jump backwards going, oh my God, that's going to kill me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so we were able to, Connie was working with them, show them how to use their training skills, the treat, the calm hands on the puppy, not dragging the puppy by her neck, 
because it, and that's tough. That is so many dog owners' first response is to pull on the leash and drag the puppy to that scary thing, which just makes the puppy more fearful. Right. Going to put the brakes on. Right. But if we can control the situation, use our training skills, show the puppy it's not scary. Then again, that little scientist brain. And beyond that, not not only not scary, but fun. But fun, right. It's fun to try something new. Right. It's fun to trust the humans right. to take care of you in mm-hmm. a potentially scary situation. Mm-hmm. I think when, and it's telling the owners to relax. I mean, you watch them <laughs> do it, and they're just all tense to do it. It's like, take a deep breath, relax. Now have fun, smile, and we're down right. there, good, you go, and all of a sudden, dog's tail's wagging, and they're doing it. And all of a sudden, like, oh, you see the owner going, oh, that's how So sometimes I think the owners get to result focused yes oh we must get around this entire obstacle course in the required amount of time or we'll fail yeah even though we tell them take your time have fun with (laughs) it this isn't about if your puppy does the i say every single time we do this this is not about your puppy doing all of the obstacles perfectly it's about you using practical application of your training skills (laughs) Mm-hmm. But they put their own pressure on. They do. Yeah. They do. And when I say, okay, take a deep breath, slow. This is about your building trust with your puppy. I don't care if you never go around another obstacle today. Let's do this one and make it fun. And it's not just your puppy being a wimp. It's not just your puppy being a, a pain in the butt, you know. Deal with what's ahead of you and teach him to trust you and have fun. I saw another example of a dog being not only a scientist... But a wonderful human trainer. So Well, dogs are very good people trainers. <laughs> and this guy was just excellent at it. I uh, was dragged into one of the box pet stores, national chains. Oh. And uh, so I was kind of hovering around the door since I did not need to see three aisles of retractable leash accessories. But or, <laughs> or three aisles of treats made in China. Right. Oh, yeah. That's the one that bugs me. <laughs> and just happened also to be the area where the store trainer was having a training session with a woman and her Weimaraner. Which, by the way, I don't know what we're doing in Southern California, but we are growing some huge Weimaraners. They are getting bigger and bigger Milk and bigger. Milk will grow in sunshine. We have a lot mm-hmm. of sunshine lately. That must be it. <laughs> and, and a tiny little bit of blue Great Dane mixed in. Yeah. Something. Yeah. So, he, he was a big boy. But the woman, his, I assume, was his owner. Okay, I admit I was eavesdropping. <laughs> now, unfortunately, I couldn't get close enough over the clatter of the store and everything to really hear what was being said. So this is all visual eavesdropping. But this is what I observed. The owner had her treat pouch and a clicker. Mm-hmm. Her dog, her Weimaraner, would come over and jump on her. And she would turn her back and move a little bit until his feet slid down her back to the floor. As soon as she felt his feet leave her body, she would turn around, signal for him to sit, and give him a treat. Okay. Mm -hmm. So this happened a few times, and what was happening is, as he would jump on her and she would turn, it took him less and less time to get all four feet down on the ground. Okay. So he wasn't quite, frankly... I was thinking if his toenails were going down my back, I'd be screaming. But anyway, (laughs) so he was getting down quicker. Okay. But he still had to wait for his mom to turn around and signal him to sit and give him a treat. Right. 
So just, I think, by accident, he started to jump on her, and then she turned around before he even jumped up. So he caught himself, and instead he gave her a big, hard nose right right in the butt. Oops. (laughs) My she goodness. turned around really, really fast and told him to sit and give him a treat. Oh, so no me in the butt. That dog <laughs> sit back, and I could see the wheels going in his head. You saw the bubble, like I did. Oh, got it. He made a fake lunge to jump. She turned. He poked her in the butt really hard with his nose and sat down before she even turned around. And she went, "Oh, you're already sitting," and give him a treat. So that's the button <laughs> on mom to push. To make her give me a treat. <laughs> and the little dog went ka-ching. And so... Kind of like the easy button. He would just... Like he was it. poking her front and back. And then quickly sitting. So she didn't even have to give him the command to sit. He was working the vending machine. This is how I get treats out of the vending machine. So the owner then said something to the trainer who got up. And uh, they switched places. And the trainer stood there and... The Weimaraner jumped on the front of her, and she turned around. He slid his feet down. She turned around, told him to sit and gave him a treat. She had no more turned halfway around than he was poking her in the butt and sitting. So he was now taking what he had learned with his mom and now applying it to someone else. So so far, it's worked on two humans. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. Exactly. And that was about as much as I could stand. (laughs) And my friend was finished with her purchase, so I was able to leave. But I thought, that what a great example of this dog scientifically figuring out the quickest way to get a treat. Yeah. yeah. And what smart an annoying, dog. annoying behavior. Uh-huh. But darn smart on his part. Darn smart. Yeah. You know? And unfortunately, I understand the desire to have a positive training experience. But unfortunately, no one's giving this dog any guidelines. And the timing. Yes. You know, yes. the timing was all off. Yeah. If they had just taken a few steps to the side and then told him to sit. Yes. So he had to respond to a command outside of being bad. Right. 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 Just a little timing difference would have changed his experiments. Right. And his working hypothesis. Yeah. And all I can think of now is like, what is she going to explain? Well, I have scratches on my back and bruises on my butt. <laughs> And bruises in other places when she didn't turn around fast enough. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know. Uh, right. So just to keep myself um, from, from jumping and screaming, we left the store. Right. Right. And, you know, every now and then we'll get someone who says, well, I don't want to train my dog because I don't want a little robot. But... Um, That doesn't mean our dogs are not allowed to experiment. When I have Walter doing his run towards me where I pretend to shoot him with my finger and he plays dead, Mm -hmm. I don't think he does it the same way twice. No, he never does. And especially when there's an audience. The bigger the audience, the more the applause. When he's in front of the class and you're demoing trick training, he throws all the experiments in there. He loves it. And (laughs) as long as he ends up laying on his side Quietly, I don't care what death throws he goes through. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's absolutely that's fine. That's my favorite trick he does. See? It's always different. Yeah, I love it. Sometimes he just throws himself down. Sometimes he crawls a step and then <laughs> rolls in, in agony. Sometimes. <laughs> and I do encourage that kind of experimentation. Sure. You know? Well, I think we all want to see our dogs, well, at least 
us as trainers, and I would like to think most dog owners would like to see their dogs think and use their brains. And I was doing something with Bones out in the training yard one day last week, and I was laughing almost hysterically because he didn't quite understand what I was asking him to do, and he was throwing all this stuff at me. He was trying this and trying that and trying... And, of course, I was being a bad trainer because I'm laughing, and the more I'm laughing, the more he's doing stuff. And it wasn't what I was asking him to do, but other than laughter, I didn't reward it. So finally, I could see him take a deep breath and go, okay, let's see, let's think about this. Right. And then I helped him do what I wanted to do. And that was the adolescence idea. And that was, sure. And, yes, laughter is a reward, but it wasn't the reward he was working for. Right. He knew he wanted a treat. But he was trying all these things, and... Of course, that's how you can teach him new stuff, too. He does something new, and you can go, aha, I want that. Let's capture that. Mm -hmm. Let's reward that. And that comes back to when I talk about dogs be as scientists, Mm -hmm. then it's up to us to control the experiment. Right. So if they offer something out of the blue, then boom, reward them. Uh Uh-huh. And then try to create that situation again. Exactly. So that you can reward them for the good stuff. Bones, come in. Any good behavior you want to see again, reward it. Mm -hmm. If it's good or bad behavior, set it up. Okay, so a lot of people have issues with their dogs barking at the front door when the doorbell rings. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, there's a wonderful little thing out there. It's called a remote control doorbell. And they're under 20 bucks at the big box hardware stores. And you get the chimes, which are battery-operated, and the doorbell, which is battery-operated. And you can ring your own doorbell from inside the house. And I have used that many a time. So that instead of waiting for somebody to come over, or asking my neighbor to come ring my doorbell 15 times, I can control when the bell's going to go off, when I've already got my dog in leash, when I've already got my treats ready, when I've already worked with him for a few minutes, so he's in working mode. Ring that doorbell and show him what I want him to do. Bark twice and run to me. So I can set it up. I'm ready. I'm prepared. I'm not caught off guard reading the Sunday paper when somebody's ringing the doorbell. So if you need to disconnect your doorbell temporarily, okay. But don't just leave it that way for the rest of your dog's life. Right. Teach them how to deal with the problem. Don't just not wear your robe for the rest (laughs) of your life. I think that might become our slang for she's she's not wearing her robe. And that'll mean she's just Please, Especially when you're going out to get the Sunday paper, put your robe on. Yeah. Exactly. So not wearing the robe is just managing but not teaching. And as Pedro found out, that same puppy took what they learned about the robe mm-hmm. to other articles of clothing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So you might as well go back and start with the first article of clothing and teach him good manners there. Okay. So when your dogs are scientists, help them experiment. Mm -hmm. That shows they're bright. They're willing to check out the world. And then control the results. Mm -hmm. And don't take it personal. Don't think your dog is being bad. Don't think your dog is being defiant. Don't think he's, he's doing this on purpose. It's all part of the learning process. I mean, we all make mistakes. We all 
try to figure out how to do something. The first time you, you do a new activity, we don't automatically do it right. Right. We have to learn it. We have to try things. Mm-hmm. And I have to admit, you know, having Walter in my house <laughs> does make me realize that some dogs, if they're told no at one degree, then there's still 364 other degrees that need to be checked. Exactly. I do have to say that not living with a Walter... And living with dogs who experiment far less than him, I have to give you credit for your patience. <laughs> Aren't you thankful I brought him into your life? <laughs> that, yeah, you, everyone just heard it. <laughs> Petra was the one who brought Walter to me. She looked at Remember, it's her fault. <laughs> you looked down at the pile of puppies, and one of them separated. Yes, came over and sat at your feet. And, and you said, you're going to grow up to be crazy. I want to watch you from a distance. <laughs> I think she also said something along the lines of, if this puppy went to a pet home, he'd end up in the shelter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, when I see Walter trying, or if I'm teaching him something new or he's trying something new, I just say, okay, I'm all ready to do it for 364 trials. Mm-hmm. Other dogs, I mean, frankly, really dumb dogs. <laughs> Dumb but sweet dogs. They may try two, five times and then go, oh, it's not worth the effort. Yeah. Or there's some that'll go 20 times, but not 360. Right. Right. (laughs) So once you have figured out what kind of scientist you have, then you don't have to get mad. You can just say, okay, I'm all prepared to go through this 364 trials to get the results that I want. And while there can be a trial, but you know. Patience and consistency. Yes. And then enjoy... In your case, patience is a virtue. <laughs> yes. Yes. But, I do, you know, it's also fun to watch his brain work. Oh, yeah. Instead of feeling challenged, that exactly. he's challenging my authority, I get a kick out of watching his brain check down the... It's almost like, okay, well, that one didn't work, Walter, so what's next? What well, are you going to do? You know, like... Or any of the dogs. River at the front door. Yeah. I mean, to try. She put her chin on her mom's shoulder, then put her chin on the threshold. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. I got away with it. Can I? That's such a Oh, I was tickled by the The ear. ear. The ear. (laughs) How many dogs even know they have ears? Right. (laughs) Putting her ear on the threshold. (laughs) Oh, and didn't she stretch and yawn and Uh, lay down with her feet over the threshold? Oh, I just happened to lay down with my feet over that's what makes us giggle. Uh-huh. Because yeah. we say that's a smart dog checking the parameters. Yep. Yeah. But once she got the parameters, she went, okay, now I know. Yeah. Bones with Zena. Zena, Zena to our listeners, if, if you haven't heard about her before. Zena, the warrior cat, is about 13, I think, now, somewhere in there. She's raised all my dogs, and she's named Zena the warrior cat for a reason. <laughs> Bashir and Cisco fear her. They know she's dangerous, and they don't bother her. Bones came into the household as a puppy and said, I will win you over. <laughs> and darn puppy, he has. He has. He had to try, scientifically, how close could he get without her reacting? Where could he sniff without her reacting? Could he play bow to her and would she respond? He tried all these different things, and now it's not unusual to see her lay down in the living room floor, and he'll go, and I don't know exactly what the distance is, but it's always the same, so he obviously figured it out. He'll go lay down, 
a little ways away from her, but close to her, together. And they'll stay that way, without her getting mad, without her stalking off, and without her swatting him. So they've come to an understanding. They've come to an understanding. She didn't do any of the experimentation. No, no. But he did. And I have to... But she gave the results. But she gave the results. If he got too close, she'd yell at him or swat him. Or if he was too annoying, she'd leave. Of course, she didn't let him herd her or chase her. And I have to admit, in the beginning, I didn't realize what he was doing. In the beginning, I thought he was being a puppy and simply harassing her. And then I realized she wasn't acting like he was harassing her. She knew what he was doing. Uh And she was teaching him. I kind of missed that for a little while. And then I saw the results beginning to happen, and I went, Oh, you smart puppy. Really, really smart puppy. And, of course, Bashir's still on the other side of the room going, Ah, you're going to (laughs) die. Well, his initial experiments were, Zena, were quite traumatic. Well, and his were when she was much younger and feistier and and, and was athletic enough to chase him down and swat him. So he's got a good memory. But Zena's a little older and a little more mellow now, much heavier. (laughs) (laughs) He gives her about a 20-foot radius in any direction. So, yeah, it's, it's fun to watch the experimentation, even when you don't always recognize it. Well, I hope that gives you something to think about. In podcasts, we often refer to the idea that the dog is a scientist. And so now you know where we're coming with that. And watch your dog, especially when you're trying to teach him something or he's trying to teach you something. Oh, oh, and and the new food dispensing board games. Oh, yes. That you have to the dog has to flip up or move over or slide. Those are great for watching what kind of scientist your dog is. Or True. like Bashir, when he picks them up, flips them over, and shakes them out. Some right. dogs make their own rules. Yeah. But we've seen in class that some dogs will maybe look at it and go, okay, there's food there, now what? Yeah. They don't know how to experiment. Some use their nose, some or use they're their not, paws, they're not or some like Bashir enough. just flip the darn thing yeah. over. But you know, that came from go. experimentation, too. Yes. Right, right. And he Each found one. out it worked. <laughs> Each one's an experiment. All right, well, take care. Think about how your dog does his experiments. And uh, if you've got a good story, drop us an email, liz at petliferadio.com. We'd love to share it. Bye. Bye-bye. Take care. Having a rough day? Longing for the dog days of summer? Think your fun furry friend lives a dog's life? Well, find out everything you're begging to know as Pet Life Radio presents It's a Doggy Dog World with pet expert and award-winning author Liz Palaika. Every dog has his day, and you'll find out how to make your dog's day fun and rewarding every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.